I have a word for you. I do. Lean in today, yeah? God's going to speak. He will. Amen? If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Genesis 41. Genesis 41, verse 14 to 15. And then we'll skip over to verse um, to 28 to 31. And I'm going to set the scene. This Joseph, he's in front of Pharaoh for the first time. Joseph, you're probably familiar with Joseph. He's a pretty popular guy in the Bible. Um, if you're not familiar, he's the one that had the coat of many colors. My husband thinks it's Gucci, but I think it's actually a Versace coat because Versace is pretty loud, unless that's your thing, whatever. And so he has this coat of many colors. Um, his brothers hated him. He got sold into slavery. He went to jail falsely. Um, he interpreted some famous inmates' um, dream. Now, Pharaoh has a dream and needs interpretation. So we pick up the story in verse 14. It says, so Pharaoh sent for Joseph, and he was quickly brought from the dungeon. Let's pause here. Do you see that word quickly? If you have your Bible, underline it. We still serve a God of quickly. I don't know how long you've been in a dungeon of depression. I don't know. It feels like your health is in a dungeon, but we still serve a God of quickly. Someone say amen. Come on online. We still serve a God of quickly. Someone say amen. Say that's for me. That's for me. I don't know how long you've waited, but we still serve a God of quickly. Say that's for me. Say that's for me. Say that's for me. We still serve a God of quickly. I keep, I'm going to pause here for a second because some of you said, uh-uh. That means you just got to listen to the message. Today's going to be good. Let's keep going. When he had shaved and changed his clothes, he came before Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream and no one can interpret it. But I've heard it said of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. We skip down to verse 28. This is Joseph speaking now. It is just as I said to Pharaoh, God has shown Pharaoh what he's about to do. Seven years of great abundance is coming to BWI. Seven years of great abundance is coming to Baltimore County. Seven years of great abundance is coming here at Howard County, here to Columbia. Coming throughout the land of Egypt. But seven years of famine will follow them. No one says amen for that, Pastor Josh. Then all the abundance in Egypt will be forgotten and the famine will ravage the land. The abundance in the land will not be remembered because the famine that follows it will be so severe. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Amen. Like that. Don't you wish someone who prays for Thanksgiving dinner would pray that? They'd be using all the dows and the dats and the, can we eat? Funny, my husband thinks I pray very long. And I'm like, didn't you want to marry someone spiritual? <laughs> I love him. Anyway, we're in a series called Mature-ish. Mature-ish. Have you been loving the series? It has been incredible. Probably one of my favorite series ever. If you miss any part of it, you can just go online on YouTube. Seriously, it's going to bless your life. It's going to bless your life. I just love it. It's been both introspective, so you're really considering things, but it's also been very practical, yeah? It's just been good. Even if you were here, sometimes you just got to go back and listen to it. Just go back and listen to it. Thank, thank me later. There was nothing like a broken promise. Nothing like a broken promise. I can handle it from a friend. Yeah, girl, I'm gonna call you back. Use a lie, and the truth is not in you. I can handle it from a family member. I can handle it from a restaurant. This is the most famous dish. No, it's not, sir. You promised me it'll taste good, and it tastes like crap. 
I can handle it even from the government, praise God. We'll keep it moving quickly. But from Amazon, from Amazon, I cannot handle it. Because Amazon, you promised me. What did you promise me, Amazon? What was it? Two-day shipping, Amazon. You promised me that, and I got excited about it. I did. You know, the doorbell rings. I don't even open it anymore. You know who I? Because it's Amazon. Faithful A. Amazon with my packet. Okay, okay, I'll go check it. It's not Amazon. Okay, it's DoorDash. Praise God. Okay, it's not Amazon. No worries. Because Amazon, they start to deliver now like 11 p.m. They're going to deliver later. Okay, okay, no problem. I'll check it in the morning. Check in the morning. Nothing. No packet. Okay, Amazon, you come in the afternoon. Check in the afternoon. Nothing. Okay, I'll, I'll check a little later. Nothing. I'll check online. Have you ever checked online for your packet and you see that error message? Yeah. It's on the way, but it's running late. What you mean it's running late? You made a promise to me, Amazon, and I, I got excited about my packet. I have to be, um, I have to be honest, I have the mic and God, God is my witness. Um, I order a lot. I keep telling my husband for the baby. We just had, you know, I, we have like a two, what, three months? How old is she? Three months. <laughs> Mom brain. <laughs> so, I, everything's for the, it's, it's for the baby. It's like, you sure this TV's for the baby? Yeah. Coco Melon. <laughs> it saves lives, everybody. And the gospel. Okay, but I order so much and I receive so much. Sometimes I forget what I ordered. I wonder how many of us have forgotten some of the things we ordered. Not from the internet. No, 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 no. But from God's catalog of promises. Baltimore, do you hear me? I wonder how many of us have forgotten some of the things that he said. He said it. You ordered it. He confirmed it. Don't skip that part. He has to confirm it and say the promise is for you, but he confirmed it. And we've just forgotten. How many of us have forgotten the things we prayed for? And it's not because we don't want it anymore, but it's because it's on the way, but it's more so it's running late. And it's been so long that you just... You've kind of given up on it. That's the position we find Joseph in. Um, he had a dream um, that his, uh, his whole family would bow down to him, right? And if you think about what happens next after he told his family member about the dream, you would think, no, boo-boo, that dream was wrong. It took quite a long time for his dream to come to pass. I've titled today's message, You Ordered It. There's something that you believe God to do. He confirmed it in his word. You said, that's for me. And you don't have it yet because you've forgotten about it or it hasn't come yet. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 1.20, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are maybe in Christ. I'm so sorry. I, I, I can't read sometimes. 
they are possibly in Christ. Someone please help me read. They are what? Would you say Baltimore, they're what? They are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. It's yes in Christ. It's on the way. Someone say it's on the way. It's on the way. The third stage, the adult stage of being a follower of God, it's when we know that what he's promised is going to come to pass and we're in a position of expectation to receive it. You know he said it and you believe any day now it's going to be delivered. That's the adult stage. And we're going to talk about that today in the third installation of Maturish. Some of us, we think that God has just eternity for us. That it's just, it's just about salvation. Hashtag that part is huge. It's amazing. But it's not all. Because if it was just all about eternity, we'd get saved. Boom, you're right there in heaven. Yeah? But the Bible says in John 10, 10, that Christ came that we may have life and have life more abundantly to the full, till it overflows. You do know that God has abundance for us, right? You do know that God has harvest for us, right? And harvest is a real thing. The first time I heard it was in the song, I'm reaping the... God promised me. Come on, Mandela. Take... And I rejoice today because I shall recover it all. I was really trying to harmonize with you. How did I do? Poorly. The point is, <laughs> thank you. Can we give it up for Mandela? And not for my singing, not for yours either. I heard you singing. If you're looking for worship leaders, they're not in here. <laughs> All right, all right, all right, all right. I thought that the cross is all that God had. When I gave my life to Christ, I thought it was just about being saved, and that's it. My, my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and that's it. Why? A little bit about me. I am just a girl from Sierra Leone. I came to the U.S. Do we have some Salon people in here? My goodness, we are small, but we are mighty. Sierra Leone is a small, small, tiny country in West Africa. We came when we were really, 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 really young. And it wasn't until a little bit later, I was watching BBC News, and there was a documentary on Sierra Leone, and just there was civil war happening, and they were showing some children. There was just those, not to be graphic, but they had like limbs cut off. There was a whole bunch of stuff happening. And I started to do the math. I'm like, wait a minute. We were there when all of this started to break off. And I'm like, God, they didn't want to stay there. The children that we were seeing in the documentary, I'm like, God, that could have been me. Oh my goodness, God. Okay, so you have that. Then also just some decisions that I've made in my life, some good, many bad. I was a chief of sinners, by the way. And so just all of that, I look at my life after I gave my life to Christ, and I look at my husband, and I look at my incredible husband, praise God. I look at my kids, my healthy kids. I don't look at my dogs. My dogs are crazy. They're still being sanctified. But I look at everything around me, and I'm like, oh my goodness, God, you have blessed me so much. And I would be so grateful, so grateful. I'm like, God, I was almost as if I didn't deserve it. Like I don't deserve any more. Some of us, we get the cross. 
We know that our name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. We know that our eternity is set. We look at some of the blessings around us. You know, we can now sleep through the night. Like, things are good, and we think that that's it. Maybe you made some decisions in the past. Maybe you were one of those chief of sinners, too. So you think the cross is just it. It's not. We serve a God of abundance. He believes in harvest. Harvest. What is harvest? Harvest is the kingdom of God being advanced. How? Through lives being saved and discipled. Also, through kingdom promises coming to pass. God has harvest for us. He has harvest for us. He has harvest. He has abundance for us. You know, it's funny because we believe in this concept of harvest. We do. We believe in education. You go to school, matriculating. That means just moving along. <laughs> Undergrad, med school, residency. You become a doctor. Then it's Beamer, Benz, and Bentley. And student loans. We believe it in agriculture. You plant a tomato seed. Give it sunlight, give it water. 60 to 100 days later, you have tomatoes. We believe it in finances. We invest money in our 401k year after year. When you're 65, when you pull it out, it's just grown exponentially. Baltimore, come on now. Harvest. We believe it in high school. All those years of having braces, right? When you take off those braces, what happens? You get your eyebrows done, what happens? Or for a guy, what happens when you get the shape up? Your dad's no longer doing your shape up anymore. Harvest, we believe it in the natural. Do you? But it's a spiritual concept. Let's not have more faith in the natural and not in the spiritual. This concept of sowing and reaping, it's real. The Bible says in Galatians 6, verse 7 to 9, it says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Harvest. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Let's pause here for a second. You know we're always sowing, right? We are always sowing. That's who we are. We're always sowing. What do I mean by sowing? There's some seeds that we're always um, receiving into our hearts. For example, back in the day, way in the way back, way back, BC, before Christ dates, there was a song by Lil Boozy. I-N-D-E-P-E-N-D-E-N-T. Do you know? Praise God. For those in our PG campus, do y'all remember the... <laughs> it's coming. Do you remember the band? Was it, is it UCB or something? UCB, TCB, I don't know. Do you remember the song? Sexy. Gimme. Roll with me. Roll with me. Sowing that into my heart. Sowing that into my heart. I listened to that. What did you listen to? You listened to something, and it's reaping a harvest right now. You were sowing to your flesh. So again, I'm asking, what did you listen to? Who did you listen to? It's not just music. It may have been a family member. 
It may have been a friend. It may have been a teacher. It may have been someone close to you and you received their word as truth. It became a seed. And over time, it's producing a harvest and you don't like it. Hear me now. You don't like it. But here's the thing about the grace of God. And I'm so grateful because we can't just talk about what we've done. We have to talk about what he did on the cross. Here's the thing about the grace of God. And I'm so thankful for the cross because I'm like, God, man, I was a little messed up. He said, girl, I know. I said, I know. This thing, when I started to realize just all the things that were wrong with me, I said, dang, I've just sown so many things into my heart, God. And it's a little overwhelming. Can you help me? He said, yes. Read my word. Because my word is like a hammer. It's going to pull all of that out from the root. Some of you, you don't like the lives that you're living. You don't like the harvest that you're producing. And it's because perhaps you've sown some things to the flesh. The verse continues. It says, whoever sows to the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. And then the most hated verse, at least for me, verse 9, it says, let us not become weary in doing good. Meaning, let us not get tired from going into his word. Let us not get tired from ordering things in his word. Let us not get tired from doing the right thing. It says, why? Because for the proper time. It didn't say in two days. We wish it said two days. We'll do what he said if we know how long. How long I got to be pure? Two more years? Okay, I can, I can keep that thing tight. Y'all don't hear me though. We will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Don't give up today. Can you hear me? Some of you have given up. I don't know what Joseph was thinking right before he got called up by Pharaoh. But the Bible says he waited 13 years for his quickly to happen. How long will you wait for your quickly? I want us to just be reminded of the faithfulness of God. He's faithful. Even when we are not, he's faithful. It's coming. It's coming. So for the next three hours, I just want to talk to us about. (laughs) I want to talk about this concept of harvest, because that's the season that we are in as a church. The harvest is ripe. I don't want it just for myself. I want it for you. I am determined to get everything from God. I want you. God's called you here. I want you to have that also. Amen. And the first thing is it's okay to have more. It's okay to have more. I remember traveling first class for the first time for an international flight, everybody. Okay. I remember, I was so, I think the cool kids say, shooketh. I was shooketh. I remember sitting almost gingerly in my seat. You know, when you get your nails done, this is such a female um, illustration, but when you get your nails done and it's not dip or gel and you can't move around or else you're going to mess up your nail and stuff. I remember just sitting so still in my seat, not wanting to mess anything up. I didn't want them to think that I was out of place. Like I've been here before. I had not. And so I was just sitting just, just very still. My husband, he was kind of like that in the beginning. Then after a while, he started relaxing a little bit. And I see a little bit later that he starts to order things. And I'm looking, with, looking at him with my eyes. I'm like, Stephen. 
that's <laughs> that's Zoe's college tuition. This stuff is expensive. Isn't it funny in marriage when uh, one person wants to spend, that's when the other person wants to save all of a sudden? Anyway, and so he is like not paying any attention to me at all. He is having himself a ball. And then later he finally says, Zai. This time I'm like full-blown mad. I wish I was more patient. So I'm mad now. And he's like, it's free. Free, free? Yeah, it's free. I said, Monsieur. Monsieur. Je voudrais. All of that. I'm not, I'm going to stop the illustration right now because I started acting like one of them people. You know, them people that you can't take anywhere, like one of them people. Just, I mean, I was just extra church. Hear me. Act like one of them people. Who is them? People with a father. And a father who was richly provided for you. You hear me? You know he freely gives us all things, right? The Bible actually says in Romans 8, verse 32, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him for us all, how shall he not with him also? What's that word? What does it say? Can you help me read? What does it say? Free. Give us what? Some things? All. What does it say? All. It sounds almost preposterous. What if God's love was preposterous? It doesn't make sense to a normal person. But it does to his children. For Joseph, he just wanted to be out of prison. But God had more. He had him. Um, what? Second in command, what does it look like to have more in your life? And hear me, I'm not just talking about external things, but I'm also not, not talking about that. Double negatives, I know. What does it look like to have more in your marriage? It's not just that there are no arguments, that's the basic. But it's that you're so in, in tune with one another. You're so aligned that you're building maybe just generational wealth together. You're building maybe a marriage ministry. That's what he's called you to. Because where you're united, that's where he commands the blessing. What does it look like to have more with your kids? It's not just that they're not listening to, I don't know, what's the latest, Drake, Drizzy, Drizzy, Drake, him. <laughs> Songs with expletives and stuff like that. But if they're in high school, that they're winning others, their friends to Christ. If they're, if they're older, that they're married to a godly spouse, or they're walking in their destiny, what does it look like to have more in your mental space? It's not just that you can sleep at night. Listen, that's the basic. It's the basic. But it's that you have creative ideas, you're dreaming, and you can articulate it in such a way that perhaps you can monetize it. God has more for us, but listen, we can't possess more if we don't expect more. If I didn't know, if someone didn't tell me that it was free-free, I would have had that very long flight sitting gingerly in my seat, not wanting to make a fuss. I'm here to awaken you to let you know that there's more in your ticket of salvation. There was more in your ticket of salvation. There is so much more than just going to heaven. Christ died that we may have life more abundantly. There is more available to you. There's more available to you. Galatians 3.3 says, are you so foolish and senseless? Having begun your new life by faith with the Spirit, are you now being perfected, reaching spiritual maturity by the flesh? 
that is by your own works and efforts to keep the law. Selah. It takes faith to believe in God, doesn't it? We have it at the start of our relationship, but what about the middle? What about now? It takes faith to say, all I need to do is to pray and surrender my life and all of my sins are washed away. As far as the east is from the west, all the transgressions are gone. It takes faith to believe that. It takes faith to believe for harvest too, to believe for abundance. We need to engage it. But you cannot have harvest without faith. Some of us think it's just about obeying God's laws. That's good. That's the seed. Obey it. Yes. But think of it like this way. God, help me. Think of it as if the obedience, God's laws, his word is the seed and faith is the water. You can't just have the seed. You have to plant it and you have to water it, right? You need faith to water it, that soil. His word is incorruptible. It's going to produce but it depends on how much, what the, the condition of the heart, the condition of the soil. Some of us, we believe God's laws. We really do. We do it. However, our hearts, the soil is so rocky. We're talking about parable of the sower now. Sometimes the seed goes in. We believe a promise. Let's say that I'm the head and not the tail, right? We believe that word. However, when we receive it, it's just not good soil because the cares of this world, aka the worldly mentality, aka every day I'm hustling, every day I'm hustling, aka all that foolishness and everything, it just chokes that word out. It's draining the nutrients from the soil. So you're doing, you're trying hard, but why are you not receiving a harvest? Maybe it's because of the condition of your heart. I don't know the condition of your heart. He does. And I tell you, it's never too late. Because some of you, it's like, dang, I've been listening to a lot of things. I've just, I believe God's word, but it's just so hard. I'm telling you, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So kudos to you for being here right now. Give it up for yourself. Some of you fought tooth and nail to be here today. Some of you, you're dead tired right now, but you're tuning in. Praise God to you, even online. Faith comes by hearing. Continue to hear God's word. It'll enrich that soil so that this seed produces the harvest that's promised to you. Amen? Amen. The second thing is blessings require work. Blessings require work. At 16, I started my first official job. I said official because before then, I used to do everything. Any other hustlers in the room? Do you remember just doing hair? You're cutting. You're doing everything, right? So that was me. And because I, um, I was 16, again, I looked kind of mature. Or not look kind. I looked. I was very short back then. But I acted kind of mature. And because I did, um, I think people just gave me more opportunities than normal. Anyway, so one day I remember working, worked at a restaurant, and I saw a friend eating a very expensive meal. And I'm like, "Ooh, girl, you rich." You ordered like that? Oh my goodness. And she's like, no, it's free. I said, free? I said, yeah, free. I'm a trainer and you get to pay, you get paid more and you get a free meal. I said, for real, I want to be a trainer. And again, I acted a little bit mature because so I became a trainer. Praise God. Do you know, of course they, um, it came with added blessings. So I got the most expensive meals. I did that. Yes, I did. I got that, but they also added to my responsibilities. They say, you're a trainer now. 
so we expect you to do more work. What? We expect you to stay a little extra. We expect you to know what you're talking about. Why? Because you're getting all these benefits, yeah, and someone's watching. Do you know blessings require work? It's like those commercials advertising something great, and it really is great. It really is. It's awesome. However, when you start to listen to like, or you look at the fine print, it's like a whole lot of extra stuff, right? More assembly required. A lot of us, we are, we just want the blessing. We just want the harvest, but we don't want to work for it. Sometimes we look at someone that has maybe carrying authority in church. Maybe they have a lot of different opportunities with work and they're like cherry picking, doing what they want to do. Maybe they're just, they have like a great marriage and stuff. And we just want that. And we think it's easy. It's not easy. They worked for it. They worked for it. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 9 verse 10, Now, may he who supplied seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. He provides seed. The exponential increase, the harvest is with the seed, not the bread. Break it down. Some of us, when we're talking about harvest and abundance, we're looking for bread, things that we can see. A seed, if you think about it, is really tiny. You can't see it. A seed, for it to be multiplied, it needs to be planted. That's work. It needs to be watered. That's work. It needs to be harvested. That's work. Blessings require work. Work, 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 work. I have no idea what she says. I only listen to Hillsong. <laughs> you think you've been praying for something and it's just going to magically happen. I'm here to tell you it doesn't. It doesn't. And that's the part that we don't get a lot of amens for. You're praying for a harvest in your marriage, and you're thinking it's going to be your husband comes down and says, hey, babe, I've just been wrong all these years. I have been wrong, and you have been right, and gosh, I'm just such a selfish person, and God has been working on my heart, and I just want to say, you are amazing. Thank you for everything. It's been me all these years. It's been me, and you're like, yeah, God, my harvest came. Oh, my goodness. This is awesome. It doesn't work that way. I hope it does, but it doesn't work that way. Instead, he gives us seed. What do I mean? He gives us access to things like connect groups, marriage connect groups that shows you how a, a, a godly marriage works. He gives us access to ministries like two equals one, Pastor Jimmy and Irene's marriage ministry so that we can tune in to see what, again, biblical principles of marriages. He gives us his word here about how we're supposed to serve and all of that. He's saying, do it. These are all seed. And he multiplies the seed, which produces a harvest. You're waiting for um, reconciliation with a family member. And again, you think that the harvest looks like them calling you and saying, man, I've just been a bad dad. I've abandoned you, all this blah, 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 blah. That's bread. I hope that happens, but he gives us tools 
seed. He gives you access to counseling. Someone say, praise God. He gives you access to connect groups that talk about boundaries and all of that. He gives you all the seed. And what are we supposed to do with it? We're supposed to plant it. It's work. God believes in work. You guys are not happy at this point. Let me try to make you laugh. I'll tell you a joke. Okay. Oh, pressure. Why is Adam and Eve always doing math? Come on, Baltimore. Because God told them to be fruitful and? If you don't laugh, I'll tell another one. Okay, that was horrible. The Bible says in Genesis 1:28, then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. He said this before Eve ate the apple. What we just read, that's work. Work is not evil. Some of you, God has said yes to a harvest, but it involves some work, and you're thinking it's bad. It's not bad. It's something that he's called you to. Work is not bad. Work was always for fulfillment. It was after the sin, when Eve ate the apple, that God cursed them and said that by the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food. But his intention was always, I provide and you work to fulfill. Hear me, work is not bad. We don't fight for blessings. He gives those freely, but we do work it. We work it. Stop waiting for these materialized, like big blessings type thing. I'm praying for you today that you would have eyes to see the seed that he's given you. That you would even have energy to plant it. Because to harvest crops, it takes energy, doesn't it? Which brings me to my last point, the work is worth it. We're made in the image of God. God has progress for us. God has increased. He has blessings for us. Say, I believe it. In all aspects of our lives. Some of us were seeing a harvest in maybe our finances. And you think that's all that he has for you. He has more. Some of us are seeing a harvest in our friendships. We have some really great people around us. And we think, God, that's so much. That's great. But he has more. Take a moment to just look at your life right now. What areas are you not seeing harvest in? Maybe it's your mental space. Maybe it's your relationship with a family member. Maybe it's in your career. You get paid, everything is okay, but you've kind of just stalled out. Maybe it's ministry. You're just serving on the dream team. You feel like there's more, but you're just stalled out. And you know it requires work and energy, and you just don't have it. I want to remind you that the work is worth it. 
However, I'm not a fool. I do know that it's a lot sometimes. I said the adult stage, this stage that we're talking about, this stage of harvest and abundance, it's, how do I say this? This stage of abundance, it's just believing that God's promises are going to come to pass, yeah? And it's also being in a state of expectation to receive it. It's easy after the first day when there's a delay for you to still believe. When it's been more than two days, when it's been five months, and that child still has that diagnosis, when it's been three years, and that family member still hasn't called you yet, when it's been 10 years, and you're still not where you thought that you would be in your career, you were believing big, but nothing's happened. It's hard to be like, any day now. It's hard. It is. Our church, it's, um, it's growing. It really is. Um, but it's hard to manage all this harvest. Pray for your pastors. Pray for your campus pastors. Pray. Your prayers, they mean a lot to us. I cannot tell you all the work involved in making church happen weekend after weekend. It's hard to put two different churches together. It's hard. And sometimes I look at my husband and see how much he's just crying out to God and believing for miracles and how he's just doing whatever he can to just get greater wisdom on how to steward us all. And, I, and I'm like, Dag, Stephen, you're working hard. The work is hard. But then on top of that, there's the warfare involved in the harvest. And some of us, we're doing the right things but we experience a little bit of setback, some type of delay, and we think it's because of the sender when we forget that there's actually warfare, that there's someone that's opposing your harvest, your abundance. And when you're working to manage the harvest and you're also working like fighting against the, the enemy, it's hard. And you're believing big, it's hard when it doesn't come to pass. Do you hear me saying that it's hard? Yeah. It's hard. So sometimes I look at all that's happening in the church. I'm like, maybe, maybe, we've, maybe we've reached enough people. Do we, really need to, do we really need to open up a different campus? Maybe it's just enough because I know that the more we try to advance God's kingdom, the more opposing things happen to us, the more we set ourselves up for spiritual attacks. I can't tell you how hard it is from this side. And so sometimes I'm like, Dang, maybe we just don't need to believe anymore. I thank God we're good. And then oftentimes it's when I'm tired. Be careful what you think and what you accept of truth when you're tired. Be careful there. Listen. And I just, I'm like, God, maybe, 
Man, I'm tired of fighting. I think when we go to PG, it's going to be some eight foot demon that's like, you tried it. I'm like, I just don't want to do that anymore. I mean, just, that's how my brain works. I'm like, oh my goodness, like, do we really need it? And then I hear a small voice say, God, Zai, do you know the life change is happening? And then he reminds me of maybe something that recently just happened. For example, I heard a story of a full-blown atheist that came in hating God. This time they've gone through growth track and they're telling so many people about the God who loves them and the church that they've fallen in love with. Did you hear me say an atheist? It's like, these are the people that you're reaching. So yes, there's work, yes, it's warfare, but Zai, it's worth it. The harvest is worth it. I don't know what he's called you to. I do know that waiting in expectation every day is hard. I want to remind you that it's worth it. You don't know what's connected to your pursuit of blessings. It's funny for, um, let's go back. Joseph, he experienced a whole lot. But he said all the pain that he experienced, it was worth it. He actually said it. Remember, he experienced betrayal. He waited for something for like 13 years. He said it in Genesis 50, verse 20, says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. How do I know the pain that I'm experiencing, the delay, all of that is worth it? Question, is there a harvest connected to it? Some of you, you're believing things for... You believe in God for things he never told you were yours. They don't like that part. What I'm believing God for, what you're working at, what you're fighting the devil against, is it connected to a harvest? The harvest meaning are people going to get saved and discipled because of that? The harvest meaning is this a kingdom promise? that's going to come to pass. If it is, let me encourage you, the work and the warfare, all of it, it's worth it. For Joseph, he just wanted to be good. He experienced all of that for just one, for himself. But he was able, because he didn't give up, he was able to save his whole family, 13 people. By the end of it, when they came out of Egypt, over three million people were saved because of the pain that he endured. Who's connected to your pursuit of more? You think it's just for you. You just want to just come out of the dungeon. But God is saying that there's so much more. It's funny, real quick, I just thought of this. Um, Zoe, our five-year-old, she's adorable. She, she, she got a lot going on. She takes after her dad. Um, she's growing so independent. I promise you I'm not playing a little boozy for her. It's all about her song and elevation. Praise God. Uh, but she's growing. She's getting more independent. One of the things that she loves to do is she loves, 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 loves to um, get dressed for herself, right? She, like, she, 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 <laughs> she picks out her own outfits. And it's so funny because she always goes for the old stuff. 
It's always like the raggedy, like tight um, sweatshirt or the jeans with like holes in it and stuff. And I said, Zoe, what are you doing? She's like, don't you like it? I said, uh, I like you, but I don't. <laughs> I, I, why are you dressed like this? Like, mom, I like it. I said, listen, mom and dad, we're dressed well. Praise God. If someone sees you like that, if you all see her dressed like that, you will question us and how much we care for her. You would think that we don't provide for her because of what she is wearing, because how she's carrying herself. You wouldn't think that we are good parents because of how she looks, how she carries herself. She thinks she's good, just dressing however way she wants, putting these small things on, these things that we purchased for her a long time ago. And whole time I have something new for her. I'm giving her new blessings, bigger sweaters, things that fit right. And I'm saying, wear this. And she said, no, 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 I'm more comfortable in that. I'm like, baby girl, it's not just about you. It's about those who are looking at you. Do you know that God wants to bless us? Do you know that God wants to bless us? Why? Yes, to provide for us, but as a great witness to the world, to show how much he cares for us what it looks like for to be a child of God. The Bible actually says it in Psalm. Where is it? Psalm 67, verse 1 and 2, it says, May God be gracious to us and bless us. I'm praying this psalm over you. As I was thinking about you today, I just want God to bless you. Why? So that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among the nations. God wants to bless you. There's a harvest. Say amen. Amen means let it be. Why? So that others may know how good he is. It takes work. It takes believing. But don't miss moments like this in his presence. There's strength that's being renewed right now in Jesus' name. There's hope that's swelling in the room right now in Jesus' name. That's the presence of God reminding you of who he is. Some of you, you've been waiting for packages for such a long time and you've given up on it. There's a thing with Amazon, it says contact the seller. So if you've seen a delay, I'm telling you now, contact the seller. I promise you that he's faithful. If he said it, if he promised, it's not gonna return void. I promise you it's gonna come to fast and he's gonna give you the energy to wait for it. Someone say amen. Someone say amen. Our God is faithful, everybody. He really cares and he really loves you. He really does have abundance for you. Do you hear my heart? Stop living some small lives when we serve such a big God. Don't you know who your dad is? Or are you still an orphan? If you are, we're about to pray. Bow your heads actually right now. Father, thank you. God, we thank you for who you are, Lord. I know you've given me this message and I'm really praying, God, that you would just divide it in a million ways so that those who have ears to hear, they will hear what you are saying. Thank you for the renewed hope. Thank you for the renewed strength. Thank you for the renewed belief in who you are. You're faithful. God, I'm praying for those in the room that may not know you. Take a moment, say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? 
For some of you, you know him. But if you're, to be honest, you've just kind of, you've kind of settled a little bit. You settled and thought, maybe this blessing is not for me. It's been running late for years now, so God, you've clearly forgotten about me. And right now, he's reminding you that no, he hasn't. He's saying, I'm faithful, and there's hope that's rising within you. For some of you, you just feel disconnected. You feel like an orphan. You've been fighting since the day you were born, it seems. All this pressure, all of it, and you're exhausted. And God is saying, let me fight for you. Actually, I already did. It's called the cross. And because of the cross, I can now richly add everything else to you. Maybe you grew up in church. Maybe this is the first time back in a while. And if you were to be honest, you just feel disconnected from God. But right now, you're sensing him just tuck at your heart. And he's saying, hey, I love you. I want a relationship with you. And if that's you, it'd be my honor to pray for you. You don't have to stand up. You don't have to do anything. You just have to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Christ Jesus is Lord. And right then, he steps in. And right then, everything is changed. So if that's you, just say this prayer with me. And church, out of encouragement, if we can all say this prayer, say, Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. God, I ask that you step into my life. Lead me, and I will follow you. And God, thank you for what's next. It's in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, can you give a hand clap? Some people just said that for the very first time. Come on, give a hand clap.